so kind of the best way I can think to describe this. It's kind of like I'm sure we've all experienced like when you're single, you know, it's hard to get the attention of of like a potential partner. But when you're in a relationship, it seems like the opposite sex gives you way more attention. It's like when you have it, you don't need it. And when you want it, you can't get it. Very similar thing where it's like if you're really focused on maybe like getting a number one song, for example, and that's your goal, like it hurts to not have it. But when you kind of let that go and just focus on doing the things to get you there, one day you'll look up and be like, oh, I, I have that thing that I was working at and I wasn't even really thinking about it. I think it's it really does kind of work in a very counterintuitive way like that. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Modern Musician Podcast. So I'm excited to be here today with the one and only Logan Stewart. Logan is someone who, gosh, how, how long has it been now? Probably over three years since we connected and you came on to Modern Musician. Close to four. Yeah, it was Close like right around years. COVID. Like yeah, April, right around COVID. Point. So. I'll never forget when you, so Logan, like a lot of our team members started out as a client and went through our program and you know, quickly rose through the ranks and it was just you know, killing it. And uh, I'll never forget when you came into the program, Logan, because I remember hearing your, your music and just being like, this is so good. Like, this is fantastic. It made me really proud to, like, to be doing what we're doing. I was like, man, like, this is cool that we get to um, work with such talented artists. And I remember being in our kitchen, dancing around as a family to one more chapter. That was when our son Xander was, I think, under one, he was around one year old, maybe a little bit younger. And yeah, he's both, Logan is both a very talented artist and singer, a guitar player, and he is our artist success director at Modern Musician. So if you're a part of our Gold Arts Academy and you've gotten one-on-one -on -one coaching for our team, then you know Logan's really leading the charge in terms of overseeing our whole fulfillment and coaching. So he's someone that you know, has a ton of experience, both himself being a musician, and you know he won our Gold Artist Award for generating over six figures in a single year with music, which is amazing. But he also has a lot of experience with working with other artists now as well and seeing what's working and what are the common challenges or pitfalls that artists are coming up against. So I figured this would be a really good opportunity to connect with him and be able to share you know, what, what he's seen from his experience working directly one-on-one -on -one with artists, what separates the people who are most successful from the people who are struggling. So Logan, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast today. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, <laughs> I mean, maybe we can just dive dive right into it. So, you know, you've had a lot of experience now, both personally and, you know, working with artists. And and I'd love to hear from your perspective, what do you think are some of the biggest pitfalls or the biggest mistakes when artists are either coming into our program or just in general, yet you see that really prevent them from having a successful music career? Yeah, I think there's two ways to answer this question, maybe two kind of approaches. I think there's definitely a whole conversation around like what are the things that you can do that lead to higher chances of success and what are the the types of actions that make a bigger difference than others. I think that's a whole conversation we can have, but I'd like to start with like what I think is kind of the elephant in the room that most people don't want to think about or just don't really think is as important as it really is, which is just time. Mm. It's and that's 
that can look a lot of different ways. And it is true that sometimes you get a big break, you have a lot of success earlier on. Um, but I definitely would say that all the artists that we've worked with, and for me particularly, there's this element of time that you have to do something for long enough to, number one, become you know knowledgeable in whatever industry it is, whatever endeavor it is, to learn the ropes. But also, uh, what's there's some some kind of saying about like luck is where preparation and talents, or uh, something like luck is where preparation meets hard work, or something like that. But the idea yeah. is like it, when yeah. you get lucky per se, if you're not actually up to par with whatever the the actions that you're doing. So if it's music, you know, if you get this huge opportunity for a record deal, but you haven't really honed your craft, you know, that's mm -hmm. not really luck. It means just you're not prepared. Mm -hmm. Really, yeah. luck is when you're prepared and you happen to get the right opportunity at the right time. I'd say the reason that that's so important is what that looked like for me is there's this long period of kind of honing the craft. I really wanted things to happen earlier and I tried and failed earlier on to make things happen before I was really ready for it. Hmm. So I think it's really important to understand that there is this time frame. I think it's in the earlier stages, it feels like it's longer than you want it to be, but in the long term, it's a lot shorter than you really think. Hmm. I think it was maybe Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg or some tech guy that said, you know, you you overestimate you can accomplish in one year, but you underestimate you can accomplish in like three years, which I think is super true. It's like when you look at a shorter time scale, you tend mm. to be a little over optimistic, but the longer that goes out, you tend to actually undersell what you're able to accomplish. And I definitely mm. saw that play out in my own life, which is that I really think it's happened really fast. And I thought that I could do things in the course of, you know, a few months or maybe a year. And I fell short of those goals. But at the time, what I thought my next three to five years looked like, I've now like way surpassed what I thought that was at the time. So mm. again, I think time is really this important element that there's, uh, and there's, it's kind of hard one to talk about because it's so different for everyone. And there definitely are mm. some artists that put out their first song ever and they blow up and that's awesome. But I think just being willing to stick with it, whatever that looks like for you, just not giving up, continuing to, you know, push forward and whatever that looks like for you is probably the, probably the key ingredients before we even get into anything else. Mm. That's so good. Yeah. What that reminds me of is, you know, a few days ago we had a guest on the podcast, Adam McInnes, and he, he took one of my favorite analogies, which is the, you know, planting, planting a seed and like, you know, nurturing it and how there's kind of this, this process where the fruit, you know, grows and you need to nurture the tree before like, you know, the results come. And, and there's kind of that initial phase where, you know, you have to surround yourself with the right, the right influences and kind of have the right fertilizer. And you need to continue to like tend to the tree before you actually like experience the fruits. But he brought this element of, to the analogy of ripening the fruit. And like, if you try to pick off the fruit before it's ready, then it actually doesn't taste very good. And it's not, you know, like the really, there is a, an element of what you're describing with like time where you know, sometimes fruit does ripen at like different, you know, different time scales, but it is important to kind of have that ability to keep doing the right things, keep showing up and, you know, and have faith that what you're doing is that you're moving in the right direction. So uh, along that, that line, I'd love to hear your thoughts around when someone is experiencing, you know, a struggle or a challenge, which you know, happens and in life like that's one certainty is that like we're always gonna have challenges or struggles or issues yeah how how do you recommend that they cope with that and how do they keep their eye on the prize and when they're you know in an earlier stage where the fruit hasn't fallen yet and and they you know have a strong calling and this is something they really want but you know the the fruit hasn't fallen yet yeah i think if i could sum it up in one phrase it would be detachment from the outcome which mm -hmm. is one of those things that's much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. But especially something that's so 
close to your heart and something creative like music, it's really intertwined with like a lot of emotional, like uh, feelings of wanting to be validated or wanting to be loved. Like a lot of that is really kind of mm. maybe some baggage attached to wanting to do music as a career, for example. So even though it's really maybe difficult to do this until you kind of train yourself to, I think it's really important to say, okay, like I have this goal. I want to be an artist or I want to make music. You know, I'm going to focus on just doing the actions that I know will get me there. And definitely mm. a big part of the, the journey is figuring out what are those actions that will move the needle. But mm. you also have to be willing to say, you know, I'm going to commit to doing this for three years or something, and I'm not going to pay attention to the fruits of the labor. So if every single day you're looking at, okay, well, what's, what's come of this? If that's the way that you're measuring your success earlier on, mm. you're really going to be doing yourself a disservice compared to saying, you know, I'm going to commit to doing these actions and not really even pay attention to what I'm getting out of it until I think it can be helpful to pick a time frame because as humans, when you say indefinitely, like I'm never going to pay attention to the results, <laughs> you're not going to motivate yourself. But I think mm -hmm. I do kind of like that time frame of like three years. Like it's again, long enough to really get a lot mm -hmm. done, but say, you know, I'm going to do these things daily and whatever, whether it's, you know, writing songs or depending on your phase of your business, maybe it's more about marketing, but figure out those actions, commit to doing those actions and don't measure success based on the results measure success based on the fact that you did that action so mm. if you write you know 100 songs you know don't don't measure success on those songs about whether one of them you know got on the billboard charts measure success based on the fact that you wrote the song and mm. of course the farther you get along that does kind of shift and eventually you do want to start measuring those things and paying a little more attention so you can improve them mm. but i think earlier on if you're feeling discouraged you're probably just trying to do too much too soon, you need to focus more on the actions you're taking more so than on the results that are coming from them. Um, mm. And the flip side of that is that when you do focus mainly on the actions, that does bring the results because you just get locked into the process. And uh, so kind of the best way I can think to describe this, it's kind of like, I'm sure we've all experienced, like when you're single, you know, it's hard to get the attention of, of like a potential partner. But when you're in a relationship, it seems like the opposite sex gives you way more attention. It's like when you have it, you don't need it. And when you want it, you can't get it. Very similar thing where it's like if you're really focused on maybe like getting a number one song, for example, and that's your goal, like it hurts to not have it. But when you kind of let that go and just focus on doing the things to get you there, one day you'll look up and be like, oh, I, I have that thing that I was working at and I wasn't even really thinking about it. I think it's it really does kind of work in a very counterintuitive way like that. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting that that relationship between want and desire and like getting the thing and how sometimes it can sort of like if you're too attached to the outcome then it actually is it sabotages it while at the same time you know that if it's harnessed in the right way like having a goal or having like a strong desire can be you know an incredibly motivating thing that really helps you helps you get it so maybe we could you know dig a little bit deeper into that like finding that that balance but I, I i love that time frame that you talked about really kind of zooming out and looking at like three years as sort of like a big picture you know movement around your your bigger goals and whether you know you're moving in the right direction or not i also personally really like the the year-long time frame from a standpoint of I, I know for paradise fears when we were just getting started we basically we graduated from high school and we had to make a decision. Like, do we go to college? Do we, three of us had full ride scholarships and, you know, I was planning on being a dentist, you know, for most of my life. So deciding to, you know, go all in on the band was a really difficult decision to make. And one conversation that changed my life was with one of our first, our first producers, Jordan Schmidt who at the time was just an up and coming producer. And you know, now he's gone on to become a multi-platinum producer, very successful in the country world. But he had, he gave us some advice early on that totally changed my life and, and our, our band's career. 
which was when we recorded our first EP with him, we were in the studio and that was when we were making that decision point around, do we go to college or do we go all in on the band? And at the time we were thinking, you know, we're going to go to college kind of together and do the band at the same time on the side. And he stopped us for a second and he said, you know, like if it depends on your guys' goals, but you know, if your goal is that you want to be successful through music, then it's not going to happen if you go to college and you're doing it at the same time. It's it's the bands that go all in and they burn their bridges are the ones that are actually successful with it. And I mean, it's okay if you want to do it on the side and it's more of a hobby, but you know, if you really want to be successful with it, then you have to go all in. And you know, for us, what that led us to was figuring out that we actually could kind of quote unquote, go all in uh, for a year and defer our scholarships. And basically we gave ourselves a 12 month time frame to say, we're going to go all in you know, on our music for this 12 months and see how it's going. If it's working out, then we'll keep doing it. And if not, you know, we can go back to college, but like what you're saying right now, I feel like giving yourself that time scope. And I think a year is a great period of time because you can really get some, you know, significant things done in a year, at least to know that you're on like the right track. You can kind of chart your progress be like, wow, in the last year I went from just starting out with like, you know, 10 email subscribers or hundred email subscribers. Now I have several thousand, right. And you can kind of see like some serious growth, but yeah, it does seem like making that decision to go all in versus tiptoeing around it or kind of not fully committing is sort of like in that tree analogy, digging up the roots, you know, every few minutes early on to like check it and be like, you know, I don't know if the fruits are really growing yet. And it's like, if you dig up the roots and you don't um, continue to nurture it, then that actually can get in the way of, of the development of it. So how about as it relates to, you, you talked about, I love this point that you made around, when you're consistent doing the right actions in the short term, that leads to longer term results. And so if you can like let go of the attachment and just focus on doing the right things day by day, that's going to help you get there. So in your opinion, what are the right actions and the right habits that artists should be building, you know, to be able to, you know, create a healthy career? Yeah, great question. I think it's something that evolves over time and depends on where you're at. I definitely like looking at things in seasons and there's some seasons where you might be focused more on the creative side or the business side. With that being said, I think it's also good to have like some of that going on at all times. But I think depending on your phase, like for me, what that looked like was earlier, earlier on, it was all about writing more songs and I perform a lot. So like uh, doing vocal exercises and lessons and just practicing the craft itself. I think that's, uh, I think sometimes I think it depends on what kind of person you are. Some people are maybe too self-critical and some are maybe, maybe not self-critical enough. So I think the first thing to realize is like, try to get some honest feedback. Like, is your music mm-hmm. there yet? You know, is it good enough? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause if you do all the right things on the business side, but the music's just not quite there yet, you're not going to gonna get to where you need to go. Same thing. If you have great music, but you only focus on making more music, you don't focus on the marketing, the business side of it, then that's only going to get you so far. I think mm-hmm. there's no right answer there. It's really about, you know, being honest with yourself. And if you have trouble doing that, then maybe getting some outside perspectives from people that can give you real honest feedback. Like, are you at the level of your music's you know, quality enough that it can stand a chance in the, the industry overall? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say if you're earlier on, if you're not really sure, I'd say actually, regardless of where you're at, it's always a good move to make more music and keep writing. So I'd say like maybe the, the central thing to being an artist is write more songs. Even artists that are pretty talented, if you have like a kind of a natural knack for songwriting, like if you just write 10 songs and put it on an album, those might be good songs. I think that's kind of, I had a lot of experience playing in bands. So like as a band, we would 
spend you know a whole day or a week or so writing one song and that song might have turned out to be pretty good but we kind of just were like okay well we have the song now so let's go go play it and like go go make an album when i got out of kind of the band side of it and more into like being a solo artist and, and writing i realized like no you should write as much as possible and pick the best like say you write 100 songs pick the top 10 or 20 even if you can write 10 songs and all of those 10 songs are pretty good you know, if you write a hundred songs and pick the top 10 out of that, those songs will be great. So I think mm. that's maybe the, the kind of the foundational thing as an artist is just write more songs, make more music. That's uh, mm. simple and probably should go without saying, but I think it is important to reiterate because it sounds logical when you say that. But I think a lot of us as artists do tend to just pick the first thing that comes out of our head and like, okay, we have the song now, let's go go do something with it. And sometimes that does work, but I think what's more replicatable is actually just making habit out of writing and choosing only the very, very best of, of what you create. There's actually a, I live in Savannah, Georgia, and there's a big art school here called SCAD, really like nationally renowned, uh, internationally known uh, art school. And some of the teachers have a saying called kill your babies. And the idea is like, you might create this piece of art and you, you think it's amazing. You're so attached to it, but like, you have to be okay with completely trashing that and mm. making something new and better. Mm. Again, much easier said than done. That can be really uncomfortable, yeah. but that's how you get to your best work. I think. Mm. I mean, I feel the same way about having actual babies too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Close your ears, Xander. <laughs> Say yes, Xander. Don't listen to this. There's so much, so much good stuff in there. I, I mean, the this is an analogy I come back to a lot as it relates to like improvement and and describing like you're doing the right things and learning from them and iterating. But it sounds like you know, what what you're describing with like one of the right habits to do is to keep you know, being creative, keep creating new music, honing your craft. And at the same time, like you have to be marketing it and getting it out. And I think probably the best example that I can think of, of an artist who's doing this really well. And in, when she shared her story, this was like a core part of it was Erica Mason. You know, she described how her process of honing her craft was just creating that daily you know, music, creating that daily moment and then putting it out. And when she you know, created that 30 second you know, hook and put it out every day, like that actually gave her that feedback and you know, similar to you're know, shooting a free throw. If you want to get good at like making baskets, it's kind of like every time you write a new piece of song and every time you release it, it's like you're shooting a free throw. And, you know, if you don't have any feedback, if you don't, ha if you're not you know, putting it in front of people and actually getting their genuine feedback, then it's sort of like you're blindfolded and like, sure, you could grab the basketball and just make music and like throw it out but you have no idea like what's actually happening there. If it's going in the basket, like you don't really have a goal. Whereas if you do have like a, um, a target or a goal, you're getting feedback from people, then it sort of allows you to, to see where you've missed the mark or see what people are really thinking about it, see what resonates with people. And so the next time you grab the basket, you can shoot a little bit closer, you know, to that thing that you see is really resonating with people. Um, so I just, I love that idea of, um, creating, you know, new music every single day, carving out space in your daily, you know, rhythm to create music, putting it out in front of people, getting feedback from it. And, you know, if you're Erica Mason, then, you know, do it every day and grow from, seems like that's a great, a great way to develop, hone your craft and to build an audience at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I also like to pull examples from things outside of music so i'm really a big fan of things that are universally true regardless of, of what your endeavor is in life mm. a couple of things come to mind one is like J jerry seinfeld one of his things is he has like don't break the chain like every single mm. day he writes a joke 
back in the music, Stevie Wonder is the same. Like every single day he writes something. It's not about it being good. It's more about exercising that muscle. Like you said, like kind of shooting the free throw or like thinking about the now doing like reps, like you're, you're repping the weights, you know, you got to get the reps in. Mm. And also another example for me right now that I have seen this kind of come true in, in another, another domain of life. Um, I'm trying to learn Spanish. Like I recently got married last week, actually. So very new, but my, my wife is Hispanic. So I'm trying to learn Spanish oh. for about a year. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about Duolingo because there's a, a great TED talk by the guy that runs Duolingo. But there's some really great psychology and just uh, human nature behind the idea of like, don't break the chain. For mm-hmm. Duolingo, it's like, I got to do my lesson because I can't break the chain. Mm-hmm. A similar thing here, like if it's songwriting or whatever it is, like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of power behind building that habit. And then it kind of becomes self sustaining. And it goes back to the concept of like working on the action, not the outcome, like, by nature of you writing those songs every day and doing something you know, first of all, you get you get kind of addicted to keeping the chain more so than how good the song is. But by doing that, the songs become better. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, I, I love that Duolingo TED Talk that that we share around the the team and like the Slack channel. And yeah, the idea of like breaking the chain. Yeah, we, we talked about applying that to the you know, your guys' handy dandy music cards and basically setting up something like streaks for your fans so that they get you know, incentivized or rewarded every time they scan their card, maybe like once a day. Um, so that's going to be really cool. But one thing that you brought up that I think is extremely valuable that I would love to dive deeper into is just the, the, the process of habit creation in general. And, you know, we, sometimes we, we, we love analogies here, but like the, the analogy is sort of like, you know, launching a rocket ship. And, you know, when you're creating a new habit, you know, it, it can be challenging at first but then you can kind of once you break gravity you break habit gravity then you know it gets a lot easier to do it so maybe we could we could riff on that for a little bit so in terms of building habits what advice or recommendations would you have for because like we talked about a few times during this sometimes it's easier said than done so like how do people how should people think about creating you know good lifelong habits that you know support their music career and kind of working through that initial phase of getting it off the ground and this is the perfect time for this conversation. I'm going to grab something I got over here. So I listened to this on audiobook a while back. I'm going to the physical copy, Atomic mm. Habits. Mm. Great book. Um, yeah. Michael, I feel like you must have read this book at some point. If not, then you definitely need to. It's, it's been a couple of years, but I need to go back through it. Because I remember that was one of those that I read. It, I was like, wow, just jam-packed with value. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a reread right now. It's definitely top of mind. I'm actually, let me open it up real quick. Because when you talk about how do you make those habits, this book kind of breaks it down into like a a four-step system. So it's mm. make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, make it satisfying. And obviously mm. there's a whole book you can dive in if you want to get into that really deep. But mm. like I said, a lot of things are easier said than done. So the answer is like, try to make it easy. That can mm. look a lot of different ways. Like maybe a, a, a simple example is if it's songwriting, you know, if you have a habit of every day you get home from work and like you turn on the TV and you watch Netflix or whatever, like Put your guitar on a stand next to the TV so that when you get home, you pick up the guitar instead of turning on the TV. Little things like mm-hmm. that can go a long way. I heard uh, you so, probably appreciate the slogan. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but I heard John Mayer at one point, he said that his secret to guitar success is that he has his guitar right out, a guitar right outside of his bathroom. So like whenever he goes to the bathroom, he's, he's, he sees the guitar and, and then plays it totally in line yeah. with what you're talking about right now. It's, yeah, it sounds simple, but it's, it's really, really powerful. And it's uh, those visual cues go a long way. And there's a million little examples I could give of, of that. But I think at kind of like a higher level, it's more about, you know, those those habits that are harder to form, you know, mm-hmm. do whatever you can in the short term to make them 
make them easier to stick with. But the kind of the light at the end of the tunnel is in the long term, they become self-reinforcing. So mm. I think a lot of times earlier on, just kind of keep that in mind that it's like if something seems difficult right now and you're having trouble sticking with it, there's a whole thing with it. But also know like the more you do stick with it, the easier it becomes and the more kind of ingrained it becomes. Yeah. And I've definitely seen that be a reality is like it, it can feel like kind of pushing a boulder uphill, but after a while it almost happens without thinking, regardless totally. of what the habit is. Yeah, hundred percent. Maybe we could actually go into each of those four steps a little bit because I mean all all of those are are gold. So like the first one was what make it obvious. Yeah, I literally got my little reference here. Make it make it obvious. Yes, that's the example is like putting the guitar by the by the bathroom door by the TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's super smart. The way I've I've used that in my own life for going from not being a runner and absolutely despising running, never thinking that I would enjoy enjoy running to, you know, usually I run a few miles a day now. And, and it's like one of my, I think it's one of the best habits that, that I have. It's just, there's all sorts of good stuff that happens from it. But one of the small things that, that I did was the night beforehand, I just set out my running clothes at the foot of my bed and just set it up. So like literally when I roll out of bed, I've got my clothes and shoes and stuff like right there. And it's a little thing, but it does make a big difference. It's just a visual Mm -hmm. cue. It's like a cue. It also, we just had this conversation a few days ago with Adam McInnes around setting up visual cues around your studio to sort of like remind you of your goals. And, you know, if you set like a big, a big goal for yourself, just making that like visible and apparent. So you see it every day. seems like super powerful. Totally. Yeah. Any other ways to to make it obvious? Also, I would love to hear from you guys who are here live right now. Daniel, Vercuda, Vaz, Tercia Fellow, Danny, Steve, Jerry, uh, all you folks here in, in Discord. If you have any any tips and tricks around you know, things that you've done to instill healthy habits and make things like obvious, I would love to hear from you as well. Yeah, I'm also looking at the chat here, and it's probably a good time to mention, if you're watching this live anywhere on social media or, or you're listening to the replay, if you want to be a part of our live audience, um, we do these live every day at 1 p.m. Eastern during weekdays, and it's been one of the coolest experiences to be able to connect and interact with the artists in our community live. So if you'd like to join, there's a, a link probably in the description, or if you click on the link in our bio on social media, then you can come join the community and you'll get invited to a private backstage pass to be able to actually be here live while we're doing these podcasts. And then you can get your questions heard. Uh, I see a question from Vaz. So Vaz said, I've got three questions I'm curious to know. So I'm going to start with question number three, because I think this is a great question, Logan. So basically, the third question I asked was, you know, why, why do you do this? Yeah, what's what's your purpose? You being a part of Modern Musician and, and with your role at Modern Musician. Yeah. Also, some context, Michael. I was on the the call with Vaz right before this, and he asked me. He was like, "I wonder what Michael's top three goals are." I was like, "Come on the podcast, we can ask him." Yes, yeah, so I'd, I'd say my. Yeah, my, I have a, a long background and story of how I got to to where I am with Modern Musician and, and with music in general. But I would say I, I think the the moment that always comes to mind for me is when I first came to the program as an artist. I went to the program. I, I loved it. And I really especially loved like the automation and the tech stuff. Mm. And I was like, yeah, this is so cool. Like chatbots and email automations and custom CSS and JavaScript. And, like this is awesome. And then when I came onto the team within like a few months, I started to realize it was like most artists do not enjoy this. They do not like the tech side. They just want to make their music. And I kind of realized like, oh, like I like I'm a musician. I'm an artist, but I also really enjoy this like technical, logical aspect of it as well. 
So I kind of felt felt called to serve in that way. Where I'm like, well, if I can see both sides of the equation, because most people, it's you know, you're either very, very like technical and, and not very creative, or you're very creative and you're you're not very technical. I feel like I have a little bit of both. I can kind of see both sides of the the equation. So I mm. just kind of felt really called to to help those artists that maybe you know if they because I don't think as an artist that you should need to become like a software engineer to to run your music business. So I, I would say like my my bigger vision is just like I I like playing that role of understanding the creative side and understanding like the artistic instinct and and being an artist. But also I can help fill in the gaps by by doing the tech stuff that artists maybe aren't as good at, or I try to you know make it as simple as possible. I said that as being my role and my, my vision for being with modern musicians specifically is kind of bridging the gap between creativity and like the, the technical stuff that gets the music out there in a way that people can actually um, support you. And overall, I just I, I just love the, the culture of modern musician. And, and Boz and I were talking to you just about like the vision for where we're going in the future and how we've evolved and uh, just the way we're, we're building this new model. I just think it's a really exciting thing to be a part of. It's uh, it's new. It's fresh. It's something that no one else is really doing in the way that we're doing. So I, I'm just glad to be along for the ride. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely one thing that came, became clear really quickly as you joined the team and we're going through the program is just the aptitude that you have for automations. And you know, there's a certain like type of brain muscle, I think, that like happens as it relates to automations and the logic and, and kind of setting those up. So I think you're right that that's a huge value that, that you and, and the, you know, the systems that we're building can, can serve. And yeah, I mean, what a beautiful time to be alive and kind of just witness like the evolution of of humanity and technology and ai and you know what it means for musicians everywhere certainly i mean in the last few years even like so much has changed at modern musician with the street team and the software and with ai now pretty dang cool and it looks like you were you're asking both of us for for that that question so i'm also happy to to share the you know why why I do this with Modern Musician is, yeah, similar to Logan. Like, I, I feel like there's a there's a calling or there's sort of like a need that exists right now. And it's a need that I've experienced personally in my own life when I was just starting out with yeah, as a musician. <laughs> yeah, I, I, usually, I usually can't talk, talk about this stuff without getting emotional, but I just think about my own life and um, basically everything good in my life is from music. Yeah, I'm just so grateful for, for music. It's the reason I have, it's the reason I met my wife. It's the reason that I have my kids and it's the reason that we have modern musician here right now. And we have this you know, amazing community and the team that we brought together. So really it's just, it just comes from this huge gratitude for music and seeing the impact that it's made on, on my life personally. And just witnessing like the, the ripple effects that, that your music makes on the lives of your fans like we just did our uh, artist of the year submission. And I know, you know a lot of you folks who, who are listening to us right now submitted a video for it. And it was just really humbling to to watch and hear your, your stories. And like Erica Mason, you know, sharing her story and her journey and just like seeing the lives that that she and, and all of you are are changing with your music. Yeah, I think there's really like a, a healing process that comes from it both for you yourselves but also for your communities so um it's amazing yeah it's a, a blessing for all of us to be a part of it and your know, music is about expressing who you are and so yeah i think the world needs more needs more love and it needs more healing and it needs to bring people together and i think music is a tool that can do all those things so pretty pretty incredible that we all get to build that together Whew. all right so logan I, I love to hear 
what you're most excited for? You know, you, t- you touched on a little bit that one of the reasons that you enjoy being a part of Modern Musician is just like the vision and what we're building together and the future of it. Um, so I'd love to hear from from your perspective, like what's the most exciting thing is that, that we're working on right now or, or what's the thing that you're looking forward to most? Mm, yeah, I mean, without getting too much away, because we have in a live coming up this weekend, but I, I'm really excited for the, the artist suite model. I think there's, I can pick any number of the awesome things that we're doing. I think what I'm most excited about is we've always been very much like a, a premium, like highest level of the industry, Gorus Academy, which is an amazing program. I'm really excited that we're opening up to artists of all levels. And regardless of if you're writing your first song or if you're Erica Mason, you're already having this, this thriving career. I'm excited for the fact that we're going to have something for artists at every level. And that instead of artists needing to meet us where we're at, we can meet them where they're at. I just really like that shift in our approach. On a more tangible level, I think the the music cards and building in some of the the higher level functionality and street team with artist AI, that's kind of revolutionary. I think, you know, I think there's this with software in general, it's like there's a lot of options out there for CRMs and funnels. And the reality is like there's really not that much of a difference between the functionality of sending an email or creating a funnel. So there isn't necessarily that much value between the functionality of the different tools. And I think what differentiates different uh, companies and products and, and software and just everything in uh, not just the music space but in tech in general is like how do you how do you use it how do you help people with it and i think what we're really focusing on now more so than just the functionality of what can street team do is like how are we supporting artists and using it i think that's a, a big gap in the the marketplace and it is the fact that you know anyone technically could go out there and you know create their their email automations and their funnels and like there's nothing stopping any artist from going out and doing that all themselves with whatever tools they want to but the fact that we're packaging it in a way that makes it accessible and that we're providing the support and the templates and the resources and the training, I think those things are all much, much more important than just having a software that does something. So I'm just I'm excited to kind of be part of that evolution in, you know, the software industry in general is like shifting from this model of what does the software do to like, how can we help you um, implement it in a way that works for you? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so so much uh, exciting stuff that that we're building, and, and I mean, yeah, it's this is a good time to mention. You know, if you're here live right now, then in a couple of days we're going live for uh, Bond Musician Live, which is our annual event, and it's really like our number one event of the entire year. And so, if you haven't yet, I mean, you're, you've probably seen a bunch of emails from us if you're, if you're on our list, but definitely register for it. Definitely block off your days. That's going to be the most incredible event that, that we've ever hosted. There's going to be a lot of opportunities there for networking and for you know, learning and kind of tapping into your music career in 2024 and how to make this the best year yet. In terms of the future and what we're most excited about, because you know that was another question you had asked, Voss. Where do we see us in three years? And yeah, yeah, I, I can share like a, a little bit of where I see the biggest opportunity as it relates to the intersection of AI and technology and music. I think right now there's a huge, like probably the the biggest movement in the world as it relates to technology and and by scientific standards, the fastest growing company of all human history is OpenAI. And, you know, they grew from scratch to, I think, 100 million users in a period of like a month or so. It was the fastest company in human history. And I think that we're about to enter an era where AI becomes more and more tailored to our personal needs. And that we'll all have like our own 
personalized AI assistant that sort of represents who we are and maybe different facets of who we are. And so I, I see what we're building with Artist AI and Artist AI Avatar as you know, one of the core focuses over this next uh, year is basically taking, we've created a, an AI assistant that you can use to like you know, quickly write emails and you know, quickly create social media content and you know, help you with all sorts of things. It's in street team right now and it's awesome. But yeah, I think the thing that we want to lean into moving forward, and this is really going to be the thing that kind of separates it from just a generic you know, AI chatbot, is the ability to personalize it based on your artist identity and based on your actual data of like who you are and your fan data. So with Street Team, one of the core functionalities of it is that you have the system to track all of your fans who are in your community and to be able to sort of rank them on a leaderboard of sorts and say, you know, who are my most dedicated fans based on my fans who've spent the most to support my music? Because if someone has spent $2,000, you know, on your VIP memberships and on coming to shows and buying merchandise from you, then there's someone who probably really, really resonates with who you are and your music. And they're like a super fan versus someone who you know, maybe has never spent anything or spent, you know, $5. And so you know, we have this depth of understanding you know, who, who are your most dedicated fans, who are most aligned with who you are. And so I, I see that as incredibly powerful data for you to be able to improve your targeting, to be able to get you in front of the right fans who are similar to your super fans and people who resonate most. And I think one of, so really what we're looking to build Vaz and, and you know, for anyone that's listening, like our, I'd say our biggest ambition is that the same way that iTunes, when it became a platform, revolutionized the music industry because it changed, you know, what it meant to have a digital asset or a, a music asset and Spotify, you know, made a similar revolution when they introduced streaming. And now, you know, the, the definition of a music asset changed. And I, I think that with blockchain technology, music relics, that, that platform is what we're, what we're looking to build. And our goal is to you know, build the next iTunes, the next Spotify, but to you know, build the relic marketplace that creates tangible assets around your music that fans can own. And I think that one of the biggest challenges or issues with Spotify is that, you know, it's, I mean in some ways it's the best it's, it's amazing because you, this makes music more accessible because it's basically free for anyone to listen to it but from an economic standpoint it's not effective because it basically makes it entirely free you know for people to listen to stream unlimited music if they pay for a you know a small monthly subscription and in supply and demand that basically means that the value of your music goes down to zero and so you know that's an issue there's also the issue with lack of connection with those fans. Like if someone streams your song on Spotify, you have no idea who that person is and you don't know, you know, like a stream is not necessarily an indicator of how much of a super fan someone is. You know, if 10 different people stream your song, it doesn't necessarily let you know if someone is like an extra, like a super fan who it changed their life. So I think that one of the benefits with Street Team and what we can build, you know, with you know, this advanced tracking of knowing, you know, who are your top fans based on lifetime value and based on engagement score, is that we have more depth to be able to go deeper in terms of a recommendation algorithm 
so that, you know, rather than just sort of looking at a blanket, you know, if you've streamed this song, like these, these type of people stream your songs, they'll actually have a new dimension that you can go deeper into of depth of knowing the, the depth of fan. And based on understanding that we can do things like improve your targeting to reach you know, the people who are most likely to enjoy your music. Uh, so I, I see that as like the big picture, like we're building a huge data set for you to be able to target and identify who are your top fans and to be able to feed that information back into the platforms that let you target your fans like Meta lets you create a, a lookalike audience based on lifetime value. So, you know, if we can create the best data source for you to know who your top fans are and to be able to connect with them, then I think we can create the best platform for you to be able to connect with your fans and build a community. And that's what we're building. All right. So let's go ahead and let's get ready to wrap up for the day. I would love to invite anyone who's still here. If you'd like to raise your hand, come on here live to ask a question. Awesome. Tina asked, what was the book that Logan was giving those steps from for the habits? Atomic Habits. Yeah, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Looks looks like this. Might be backwards, but I need a point. You can yeah, see great it. Book. Yeah, it's the right I side. I an audiobook a while back, and I'm reading it as a physical copy, but I would highly recommend it. Mm. Yeah, that book is so good. Absolutely fantastic. Tristia Pello asked, Logan and Michael, uh, have you thought about creating a Modern Musician label and Spotify playlist? Yes. Yes. Um, we actually... We've created the playlist. We kind of they kind of got put on the back burner when we had Street Team, and that kind of got buried underneath it. But they're there, and I think it's uh, something we may revisit this year is prioritizing having that be like part of what we offer for artists. I know we talked about the label idea. Maybe you can expand on that. But that's something we had discussed. Is like a yeah uh, Singularity Records, right? <laughs> singularity yeah. Records. Yep. I, I'm super excited about. I mean, both of those opportunities. I'll say that one of the I mean, this shouldn't have been a, a surprise to me. It was, it was more surprising than, than it should have been. But one of the biggest pieces of value that I've gotten from, you know, bringing our community together in, in Discord and having this, you know, this place where we all come together is the Share Your Music channel. Um, you know, it's, it's been really cool just kind of looking at the new songs that are coming in and seeing, you know, artists at different levels in our artist development suite come in and share their music. And in a few cases, I've heard something that, you know, everyone has different musical tastes. So, you know, I'm not the be all end all of like, you know, my taste is like the ultimate thing. But, you know, for me, like, yeah, there's, there's been some songs in there that I hear and I'm like, holy freaking X, Y, Z. This is you know, <laughs> incredible. You know, you're a dad when, when I, think I, I don't, I don't X, Y, Z, but you know, it's just, it's absolutely amazing where I'm like, man, I, like, I, I want to, I want to buy something, you know, from, from this, like, I want to purchase this song, but like, I'm not going to go into iTunes and just like buy a digital download. I don't listen to songs and digital downloads and to show my support, you know, for a new artist coming in, it doesn't make sense for me to like, I don't know, I can, of course, like I can like stream their music on Spotify, but that's not really like really what I'd like to do is just make it really easy for anyone sharing their music in the share your music channel to share their relics for it. And then if there's an artist that I really like, like I would love to pick up one of your music relics and add it to my collection. It would be super cool. And so this playlist idea, like I would love to lean into that, but maybe focus on the platform that we're building, right? So like if we created a good marketplace, we created a good playlist for music relics and we could have a top 40, we could have kind of rotating 
songs, then I think that that would be really cool. And I would love to showcase your guys' music because we have some incredibly talented musicians in the community. So that's probably the angle that would lean into it. And it might not necessarily look like a Spotify playlist, but it might look like a you know, music relics and you know, adding those to adding those to a playlist that rotates. And Modern Musician Record Label. Yeah, we, we, talked, we talked a little bit about that with Singularity Records. The idea was, you know, we, if we do create a, a version of a record label that offers record label services, I think that we'd want to pretty clearly distinguish it from a traditional label from the standpoint of, I think that one of one of our core values and beliefs is that you know what best serves you as a musician is actually to take more ownership of your music business and your career and to actually lean into entrepreneurship and with a lot of traditional record labels it basically means that you give up ownership in, in a big way and so you know I, I would love to figure out what that looks like in terms of a win-win that you know maybe provides record label services but isn't necessarily like we're going to take you know most of your most of your ownership and specifically one thing that we're definitely going to be exploring moving forward is the idea of creating a modern musician channel where we can basically showcase you and and your music and you know one of the core concepts of the modern musician community is you know, helping you create your, your quote unquote artist showcase and your artist showcase is basically like a debut release party for you as an artist where you go live and you can either, I mean, you could do it in person if you wanted to like bring out people to, to a show. But generally how we do this is actually a virtual live event where you share three of your songs and you share a little bit about the purpose behind what inspired the songs and you share your overall artist identity and, and your mission and purpose. And it's really sort of like a artist debut and so one thing that we do is we help you to you know, schedule this and to kind of create your artist launch with that showcase. And once you do that live, then you can take the replay from that and you can turn that into a evergreen you know, automated sequence. So everyone new that discovers you that comes into your community can actually go directly to the root of your core purpose and your, your, your songs and what inspires your music. And so one thing that we're def we're going to be exploring is actually creating a studio space where we could actually fly in, you know, artists who are going through our program or you know, either like gold artists or platinum artists and want like an extremely high quality production of your artist showcase. And that way, you know, we could actually give you this sort of stage where you debut your music and you perform, maybe you perform live and maybe we do some sort of initial drop where when you do your showcase, we have your starter music relics and you know, maybe there's an incentive where the goal would just be to like help you sell out of your initial starter relics. And, you know, if we built a channel with Modern Musician, then we could really provide a, a service or a role where we're bringing on breaking new artists and showcasing you to our existing audience of fans. And we could help you do a successful launch, you know, with your showcase and then help, and then you have the asset just built into, built into your system extremely quickly because we've you know, helped you create this high quality content. So that's one example of record label services that I think would be very, very uh, valuable to add into the suite of what we're offering for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, Hey, let's, let's get ready to officially wrap up for today. So let's give a virtual round of applause to Logan for being our guest today. Come on here live. 
Logan, man, I so appreciate the role that you play at Modern Musician. Yeah, I think that you're a you're a light for a lot of artists, and you know your genius zone and your gift of being able to you know to help out with like the overall artist success as well as like the more intricate details of automation and, and technology is extremely needed. And, um, and just like on a human level, I think that you are a very talented human being and have a, a really good heart. And so I'm uh, really grateful to, to have you as part of the team. And for, for anyone that is here right now who would like to connect more or, or dive deeper into you and, and what you're doing both personally and like with your music, what would be the best place for them to go to connect more? Yeah, Logan Thomas Music on any social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, that kind of stuff. Just Logan Thomas Music or my websites, loganthomasmusic.com. Any of those places will get you to my stuff. <laughs> awesome. And, you know, if you're here live in, in our Discord community, then Logan is definitely you know, popping in around. He's our head of artist, artist success here. So he's definitely a familiar face that you'll, you'll get to connect with. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.